I don't miss the meetings about meetings about meetings. I had six head coaches in 14 years. Culturally, we were probably lost for a few years. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I'm delighted to say Fiona Hayes is with us this morning to look forward to Ireland against England, which is on this weekend. Fiona, good morning to you. Good morning. Delighted to be here. Tell us, um, so the the what's your reaction to the news that we have made a, a big bet? It's not a, it's not a secret. We knew what was going to happen. We knew that Johnny Sexton was going to sign a new deal and would be staying through until the World Cup. He said that's the end for him. It does mean, though, that our eggs are very firmly in the Johnny Sexton basket. I think so, but I, I also think that with this, you know, we're, we're getting Joey a bit more game time. I think we, we know we know exactly what Johnny's like injury-wise. So it'll kind of depend on, I suppose, when we look at the summer tour, we'll get a chance, hopefully over in New Zealand, to get a few guys more game time. It's been kind of levelled out and hopefully in this England game at the weekend at Twickenham, we'll see both out halves make a get on and get a shot at at, at in that we know we know Sexton is the man at the minute and hopefully when it comes to World Cup he will still be playing the way he is and he's been protected a lot by Leinster as Eddie Jones pointed out um, in his press conference the other day but but it's great for me I think he's he's an outstanding player and he's still bringing it at this at, at this age of 36 to the game. Like, uh, like are, we, are we we're not hostage to Sexton either though I mean like if he's not the starting 10 for the World Cup on form he won't be the starting 10 like I don't think yesterday's news changes the fact that the starting out half for Ireland the next year's World Cup is going to be based on merit that's it, and we've seen those in in selections this season, especially that that it's it's guys based on form that are getting picked. You know, if Johnny isn't playing well, if he isn't getting enough game time with Leinster, or if he's got a few niggly injury, injuries, I think he won't be out there. We've seen the the promise of tens coming through. You know, there's people crying out for Jack Carty, but we know exactly what Johnny Sexton can bring. And I think after this Six Nations, we'll see a, definitely a pecking order in those tens, and everything will hopefully be based on form going forward from that uh, yeah, I mean the point it all makes is it, really if somebody takes the jersey off them they will get the opportunity to take the jersey off them but there's so limited significant opportunities there's the summer tour that you've talked about in the November window we'll have two difficult tests and then there's next year's Six Nations and that's it so the number of games in which you can take that jersey off them is very low and I, you know is there is there even an opportunity for any of the younger Munster at halves to get to get a window where they're going to get the big games in Europe now because we have to give those big games in Europe to Carberry if he is going to be given an opportunity to push Sexton and it feels like we've we've fixed in that this is the pecking order already and um it just it feels like we're kind of repeating some of the mistakes of of previous generations Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I think we've been crying out for a pecking order like the last uh, year or so. You know, we've had guys come in, we've had the burns in and out. So I, I think it's good. I think we're seeing um, a bit of structure. We know Andy Farrell has talked about form. So yeah, the big games, maybe there isn't opportunities, but I think we have enough out-haves there at the minute. We're, we're kind of focusing on the likes of, of Carberry, who will have to go back in and, and, and start ahead of the likes of Ben Healy or, or Flannery. That's just 
just the way it is for him to get the game time. Um, so there isn't massive opportunity with the games, you know, and obviously we don't have, you know, an Ireland A team. We, we don't have those games. So it's kind of, I think it's good that this structure is in place. I think we're at the right, we're in the right time for it to, for it to happen, for us to, to settle on maybe Joey being back up to Johnny. And I suppose everyone is just praying that we can keep him fit and, and playing at the standard he's playing at the minute. Yeah, the trouble is that both of them are injury prone in, in different ways. Like Sexton will play, come back, puts his body on the line, suffers injuries as a result of that frequently and uh, misses games at this stage of his career as well. That can happen where a hamstring injury that, you know, in his 20s would have healed after two weeks, suddenly a four-weeker. So who's next after that? Because we haven't seen, uh, we haven't really seen a minute of Carty that wasn't like in chaos time at the end of the France game uh, under yeah. this regime. And after that, I don't know. Who is the fourth choice? Is it is it Healy? Is it, uh, who is it? Is it Billy Burns? Is it Ross Byrne? I, I think I think in looking and what's been going on, I don't think Billy Burns. I think he's had his chance and and he hasn't really uh, grabbed that jersey. So I, I think we've moved on from that. We saw Carity get up this time ahead of him. We haven't seen loads of Carty, but I, I think I think Farrell is looking at the provinces and that's where they get their chance. So so if either guys, if either of the two guys, if both get injured, I think he has to go back and look to that drawing board and see who's the informed player. And you know, you you will argue that Healy can play well at times, but but he's in and out of that monster team with Crowley at the minute because we see him in in, in form. The Burns, I think uh, Ross got injured again the other day. So it is really hard. And that's I suppose that's the joy a rugby is that especially in that position at 10 you're going to have big massive lads running down your channel really all the time so so it's kind of trying to keep the guys flowing at province level and hopefully hoping they'll take that step up for me I think it's Carty is is the guy that's definitely there we haven't got enough because because Carberry has to see him enough because Carberry's had to probably get that game time especially against Italy so so it's just that after that we'll see what's in Farrell's head hopefully we won't have to see that yeah it it's um you know, it is a difficult situation for the, the coaching ticket because they do need to see Joey Carberry play every available minute to see if he's capable of playing at the level that we think he is because we just haven't seen it with injuries. But um, it's not a ridiculous scenario where you would have both Sexton and Carberry potentially injured at the same time in a World Cup, missing one game or maybe missing two games or maybe both gone for a period of time. And after that, it's like, well, here's somebody we looked at four years ago for the World Cup and um, hasn't really had much of an opportunity since and then there's a bunch of young players who we're not sure about yeah, yeah. When you say it like that, you, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. They might have thought, they might have said, "Look, we're going to New Zealand. We are going to divide out that game time." They, they obviously understand the injury profile of both players, and we haven't seen the likes of Carty. We haven't seen the likes of Healy or whoever else is behind in that order step up and play enough games. So, so I would be hopeful that maybe, although it's three New Zealand tests, that these guys would get to play at that level and they'd get the appetite for it. And then in November we could see if they've taken that step up or if they've been playing really well at the Europeans he might switch a few of these guys in looking at the World Cup ahead Yeah, okay Let's um, talk about what you expect to happen against England Uh, Eddie Jones is saying we're the most cohesive team in world rugby He's love-bombing us in the advance uh, of this one which is not really stereotypical Eddie Jones but certainly trying to ratchet up the pressure on us and, and take the pressure off his team which is under a lot of pressure at the moment So uh, we should ignore that, really, shouldn't we? And just look at the respective strengths of the two teams and go, Ireland are a much stronger team at the moment and we should be able, when we are the stronger team, to go and inflict our game plan on the opposition 
and win these games. Yeah, we, we know what Eddie's about. He's obviously taking the pressure off his own lads. And I think for, for an English uh, coach to say any team uh, going over to Twickenham and, and being, you know, firm favourites and, and talking us, about us like that, we know that he's probably talking a little bit of crap saying that because it's a very hard place to go to. It's a very hard place for any team. We saw that, you know, we've seen England in the last two games. They're, they're not great. The 23-19 win over Wales was good. They're building a little bit. They're, they're swaying from their game plan maybe in the past of 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 big ball carriers we're, we're not seeing that as much you know there's not as much bulk I don't think in the teams he's he's switched Harry Randall in so we're seeing less of a kicking game from the nine so so I think Ireland just need to focus on themselves and and that's what they'll do they they know they're building as well Italy we can't take much from that game but I think in the second half of France we came out and, and we gave it a blast you know Italy as I said we saw players put their hand up and say look if if I want to get in this starting team as well so there, there's good competition we know up at camp so I think Ireland will just be focusing on their own game plan we'll be going out and playing the exact same style of rugby we've been seeing from those first few tests against France and like that, oh, sorry, Fiona. Like the, sorry, that, that, that point has been like brought up a bit. This idea, and I, I guess Eddie Jones is the one uh, putting it forward that that Ireland maybe are in a better place th- than England. Uh, like, are Ireland on paper a better team than England? Because I mean, it does seem that England are still kind of working out what sort of team they want to be, and on paper they still have plenty of quality and have traditionally had way more quality than Ireland. I think Ireland are far more cohesive in what I'm, wa- in what I'm watching with England. I, I think he's thrown a few guys in. We've seen, you know, the likes of Freddie Stewart's gone into fullback. We see, we see Daly and Slade in the centre partnership. It just doesn't look like it's gelling. Obviously, he'd love to have Tuilagi in there. Um, so I think he's building. Our, this Ireland team, I think Andy Farrell has got them settled. I, I think we, we saw, especially when Johnny's on there, he's pulling those strings. We have guys stepping up as first receiver that we we probably wouldn't have had him maybe three, four years ago. We've props in there every position. Everyone's ball skills is, is at a high, high level, you know, and, and we're seeing that. We're seeing Ireland play a lot of the ball, but there's also an understanding between players and they have a really, really good understanding of the game plan as well that he's trying to give. So that's great. Uh, how do we get better over the next 12, 14, 16 months? <laughs> yeah, that's it. We don't want to peak too soon anyway. We, we've seen that in the past. We don't want to be open ourselves too soon. I think we know it's just need to keep building. And I suppose the biggest thing is is what you talked about, lads, earlier, is that depth. So we've got to get more guys into that position. We've got to get the likes of Lowry in full back for some games. We've got to get a couple of those back rows in there. We've got to get Coombs in there. As you spoke, we've got to start switching up the tens. We obviously want to win games. Ireland have the potential to win a lot of games but if it's we've got to win them by making a few changes so when we know when we get to that World Cup that everyone's on the same level they're all playing that high intense rugby but they're all comfortable and that cohesion hasn't gone because maybe two players have gotten injured So do you make changes for this week on the basis that the players are supposed to be interchangeable they're supposed to be capable of stepping in and this is the opportunity to do that or do you go back to the team that really beat Wales in that first game and go that's our team I the exception think of Porter he, obviously yeah obviously Porter I think he's going to go back to that team I think he's looked at this Six Nations obviously 
you know, France, we, we've talked about how good they are. Um, we're hoping that maybe they can split, they can slip up and we're next in line. So the Six Nations is still there to be, to be, to be taken. So I think he will go back to that, to that first squad that we've seen, Bar Porter. We might see Healy coming in with um, Kilcoyne on the bench. Um, I think there's still a little bit more in that team. And I, and it's, I think he wants to see more out of those guys. So although, yeah, we should be interchanging some players, I, I, I think we, he did that against Italy. So I think he will go back for this big Twickenham test and I think he will go with the, the original team that we started in that very first game at the Six Nations. And one last question then. Henshaw in instead of Aki or Aki in and Henshaw on the bench? I think he's going to go with Aki. I think especially against that England midfield, we need Aki. We need that power game and we, we know what he can bring. I think Henshaw could come on off the bench. That would be my take on it. Uh, um, he's suited to England, I think, Aki. I think he he loves, you know, he loves that attacking. He loves getting over that gain line and getting those offloads away. Obviously, Henshaw can offer you a lot more as well. But with this with this game, it's going to be a kick in and a kick in game from England, maybe if they if they if they start Ben um Ben young so I would think that we would try to attack and maybe Aki's the best man to to, to be carrying us over that game line alright give us your prediction um, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think but I think Ireland by plus four alright good stuff Fiona enjoy the game thanks a million for joining us cheers thanks guys bye bye Fiona Hayes giving us her thoughts there if you want to get in touch 0879180180 is the WhatsApp number or you can leave a comment in the YouTube stream and a reminder OTBAM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day it's bang on half past eight this morning uh, let's bring you some Brian O'Driscoll goodness and then we're going to get into Razzy Rasmus and uh, just exactly why he is a cult hero in South Africa so Brian O'Driscoll was with Joe in studio last night to look ahead to the game here he is talking about the difference between Johnny Sexton and Marcus Smith you know what as well it's worth just stating not to labour the point but in spite of the general improvement in Ireland that we have seen this Six Nations has once again underlined Sexton's importance even against Italy the difference when he came on versus the previous 60 everything just looked better smoother more fluid should Joey had just softened them up in the first 60, 55, <laughs> 60 minutes for, for you know people say they were Joey detractors in some shape or form it, it's clear as day you know what he does add and it's funny I've watched a lot of footage this week because we're doing a piece at the weekend with ITV on Marcus Smith versus Johnny Sexton and both of them understand space they really do but Johnny's understanding is just is pure experience whereas Marcus gets it but he's got this incredible athletic prowess that gets him out of trouble that wouldn't allow other players to be able to survive mm. and he, and also he backs himself so much he's if in doubt he'll back his himself whereas Johnny's now re, really using his intellect he's an inferior athlete to Marcus Smith and inferior to many other tens but still very capable if you offer him a gap he'll still go through it so it's his passing game and his vision and his ability to attract defenders and then pick the right option is the real differentiator between you know another player of 37 or 38 and him and that's why he's still our number one yeah for sure and he's going to start the game this weekend I think everybody accepts that that is definitely going to be the case we'll come back to that that team will be named uh, later in the week and we'll have rugby every day to the Southern Hemisphere now Um, so Razzy Rasmus has done a couple of interviews with the Mail really interesting stuff where he's talked about the video that was leaked um in the aftermath of the first test that was massively critical of the referee ahead of the second test and that clearly had an impact 
Uh, but he's also talked about the Six Nations and whether or not South Africa should be as part of it. So, uh, Stephen Kisby-Green, our resident South African, is with us. Stephen, good morning to you. Morning, morning, lads. How's it going? So, uh, last time we had you on the show, I think you were actually in South Africa with, um, what was the name of the bird? The Drakensberg. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the background. Um, so, you've, you've come back. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Razzie's gone public. Delighted with life. Like, absolutely delighted. I've never seen a man suspended from anything ever in his life who has enjoyed his suspension as much as Razzy is. That's proper South African kiss. What, what can we say? It's, uh, it's, you get suspended, you get a, you're still getting paid, so he goes on a holiday. Why not? It's a very long holiday where he invites a journalist from the Daily Mail down to spend, you know, a, a good bit of quality time and, and, um, and get his side of the story across, I think, is, is what's happened over the last few days. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I was just looking at Razzie's uh, Twitter account. You've seen, you've seen that, right? Yeah. This morning. No. Oh, no. Uh, what, what uh, are you quote, quote tweeted uh, an organization called that Off the Ball. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so um, we'll come back to that in a while. If you want to do the context first. And uh, yeah, Matt Williams was obviously talking about him earlier in the week, so we'll come back to that. I mean, it's basically he's put together a really nice application for the England job, if you ask me, because he's taking this, 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 daily, this daily Mail um, interview as opposed to a South African organisation is kind of testing the waters a little bit as to how the English are going to receive him, how, the, how we're going to receive him over here. It's, it's a, a very well-calculated move on his, on his part, I think. Wow. I love my conspiracy theories on this show. I hadn't, I, that never once crossed my mind. I just thought that he's in a job for life here. It's the job of his dreams. You know, he this is exactly what he wanted. He's got everybody where he wants them. He's got the South African rugby public eating out of his hands. He's got the rest of the world. Everybody hates us. We don't care. Proper. And it, it worked. Everything he's done ever has worked. Well, exactly. But um, in the second part of the interview, he actually goes on to say that he's, he's only in the director of rugby role until after the World Cup. Nice. And... He, he's, he's, he said that he'll be more than happy to take on England if England offer it to them and if the, Irish, uh, and if the English fans don't hate him. But at the moment, he still he does feel like the English fans hate him. Irish, uh, South African fans love him. Irish fans don't really like him too much, except for maybe the Munster fans. The fans love then. him, presumably. Although they do feel a little bit like he walked out on them. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I think, I think it's still very much love for, for Rassi, to be honest. In, in I forgot you were a monster fan there. Sorry. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, do you really do you really think that? I th- I absolutely think in the monster hardcore, the uh, feeling towards Rassi is is love, and that uh, it would take it would have taken far more of a betrayal than for a man to go back uh, to his, his home country. Yeah, exactly. to, to go out. I, I think that's the only one they could have forgiven him for. If he'd gone to England, it would have been like, "No, yeah, screw you." Exactly. But the fact that he went home and won the World Cup. There is undying loyalty towards Rassi from the monster hardcore. I think so. It's uh, and you can understand why the South Africans seem to seem to have that s- similar sort of loyalty with them after after winning the World Cup. Um, sorry, you, you, Irish fans might know what that feels like eventually. Um, <laughs> but it's he he he, he, wa- he doesn't want to portray the South African fans by going over to England if they do realize think that it will be an uh, an issue. But at the same time, this is the, the fact that he didn't go to like SA Rugby Magazine, for example, which is one of the biggest rugby magazines in South Africa. Um, it, to do this sort of deep dive interview, he went to the, to the Daily Mail. It, it's, it shows that he's very intelligently placing where he wants to, where he, where he wants to put the, these sorts of ideas. Again, there's also the idea of the Six Nations. He wants to try and win the, 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 the support for South Africa joining the Six Nations, if, if they do. He thinks it's going to happen. 
judging from this, he thinks it'll. His, his exact words were, were he thinks it would be awesome, and it does make sense from his to a certain point of view, to a certain exp- uh, point of view. If you think um, same sort of time zone, the the the. The flight times are not too much, too dissimilar to flying over to New Zealand or Australia. In fact, it actually takes you longer to fly from South Africa to Australia or New Zealand uh, by about three or four hours. And then, obviously, when you get the, when you get to New Zealand and Australia, you've got to uh, sit around for like six or seven hours to get actually used to the, the, the time zones. Whereas, in, I mean, I've done the trip recently coming back from South Africa. It's really I was in work the next day and it was no 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 problem at all. So um, th- that does make sense, but. I don't think it's going to happen personally. I also don't think it's a good idea personally, even though I really want to see the Springboks come and play in the Viva so I can actually watch some good rugby <laughs> in the Viva. Um, but no, it'll, it's, I, I don't think Rossi's gunning for it to happen, but he does, he does think the door is open. Like you guys really do owe us. We, we spanked you so bad, you got rid of your head coach and put Razzie in. It yeah. was, that's the sliding doors moment in South African rugby. Whereas if yeah. we just beaten you by three points or let you, let you have a crappy win, then you still would have had the crap coach. Razzie would have won a heightened cup with Munster and life would have been totally different. So it's, it's on us, Stephen. We, we will take your gratitude. No, no. Well, I mean, Eddie Jones in Japan as well. It's on us and Brent Pope. Brent Pope's halftime spiel <laughs> at that time, which obviously Rassi yeah, quote, also quote tweeted. Also often quote tweeted, yeah. Um, that, that was the night. The night Rassi uh, says he didn't uh, make his mind up to take the South Africa job, but really it was the night I'd say that he, yeah. he wanted it. Uh, so let's talk about the interview as well. What, what's the fallout been in, in South Africa? You, you were obviously coming up with that. I presume that is now... People are like, oh, oh, Razi isn't just ours for life. Yeah, it's kind of like a lot of South African fans at the moment, they will, they will sort of be a little bit, and by the think they'll be annoyed if he does leave. Like, Razi used the word hate a lot in, in the interview. I think that was also a calculated move because he wants to try and test the waters to see how much the betrayal might hurt South Africans. But I don't think... Too many South Africans will will hate him for for leaving if he does go over to England, for example. Because um, also, you can't. Like, he's not in a head coach role at the moment. He's director of rugby, and you, he's such a good, a, a brilliant rugby brain that you can't keep him away from um, head coaching for, for for too long. I don't think he's he's young. He's got the um, well, he's relatively young for a head coach. He's got plenty of time to uh, win World Cups with different teams. So. I don't see too many South Africans hating him for um, leaving. It's it'll be interesting though if he leaves to England because the only team that South Africans don't really like more than the Australians is probably the English. That's fair enough. I think um, you know everybody feels the same. Uh, so other issues that he raised, uh, he talked about making Sia Khaleesi captain. Yeah, that was a. He mentioned he lost a couple of friends in doing so, and. Um, he also quote, he quotes um, some of his daughter's parents telling um, telling them to tell him that um, he must stop uh, trying to please the um, his bosses or whatever. And it does kind of like there is that that, that, that undertone. Uh, there was that undertone at the time that it was a quota signing or a quota appointment, uh, which obviously it wasn't. And Rassi said to that point blank. Thea said to that point blank. But there was that undertone from a lot of different pockets of South African society where some people were saying, oh, no, he's doing this just to make himself 
make his job in, in, in South Africa more secure. Others were saying that it was purely based on the, on the color of Sia's skin. And it's... So there was a, a visceral racist reaction to it. I wouldn't say it was visceral, but there was, it was an undertone of, of, of a racist reaction to it, yes. And it, 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 it was the loud minority as opposed to the overarching majority. And, and for a lot of people, it was um, like nobody noticed that it was Sia. I mean, okay, no, every, every, everyone noticed because it was obviously the first time it was a black South African captaining the Springboks. But um, for a lot of people, it was done on form and um, you could see the, act, the leadership that he has in, in the group, not only with the Stormers, but also with the Springboks themselves. But at the same time, they also had the issue with Warren Whiteley. There was a lot of people saying that Warren Whiteley wasn't, uh, wasn't the right captain for the job um, because he wasn't the best player in his position. I mean, he was up against Dwayne Vermeulen at the time, and Warren Whiteley is, uh, is a very atypical South African eighth man. He's more of a, uh, of a number six or a seven than he is an eighth man, but he was playing eight and he was captain, and there was a lot of hatred there, but that was on a different level. So South Africans are never really happy all the time with because they, they always think oh no my my team's captain is better than your team's captain so he should be captain of the Springbok sort of thing okay uh, breaking Razi news what's he tweeting uh, so there was a Monday Night Rugby clip which uh, involved Matt Williams and Jerry Thornley and uh, Matt Williams was talking about Razi's interview and said I didn't see any value in him leaking the video the content in that video is not bad and uh, Razi Rasmus quote tweeted that clip saying I love you Matt Williams Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. What time in the morning is it? What, what was this? It's uh, 11.45pm Irish time last night, uh, so that would have been it's bad, 12 uh, one. No, no, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, 12 one, yeah. So, um, I don't know what that means. So, did I, like I mean, I, I never know what, what tone to take from Razzy Rasmus. He is... Nice he's, holiday tweeting. He was truly he, living rent-free in all of our heads. He, he was probably having a bit of a Bronavain and Coke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's brandy for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, right, so... Uh, he can literally do what he wants at the moment in South Africa. He won Alliance series pretty straightforward in the end, but like using every tactic in the book, won a World Cup. Uh, they're the best team in the world. He is beloved. He can walk on water. Pretty much, yeah. All right. SKG, thanks very much for that. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.